the velodrome's being smashed to bits at the moment because it's it's, oh, it's it's so old. Gee. They're redoing it, so they're upstairs. Right, but, I saw um, a lot of lean young people walking around in dresses. Yeah, exactly. There's a big gym up there. That's an altitude chamber, an environmental chamber, so you can do any temperature, humidity, altitude in the world. Uh, the Borman Centre wind tunnel, because that closes, has been put down there. Uh, in the front, you've got MRI scanners, uh, DEXA oh, scanners. Really? So it's like performance and health at the same time. This is the lovely change. Really so if you get changed, wait, 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 wait. All right, All right, see you in a second, so right? Thank you. That is the world-renowned bike fitter, Phil Burt. And I'm in Manchester at this very impressive, what looks like medical facility, for a bike fit. Phil quite literally wrote the book on bike fitting, and there's a new edition linked in the show notes. I've had a few bike fits in my time. Often there's a pro cyclist jersey mounted in a frame on the wall, but rarely two yellow jerseys from the Tour de France signed personally to Phil from people he has fitted, Bradley Wiggins and Chris Froome. Phil was a central part of British cycling's success, and we'll talk about that and why he left in the course of this podcast. But we're chatting while I get a real bike fit. And I thought you might like to hear what's involved in that. I've driven six hours for this, so the fit comes first. First of all, we're going to talk about what you want out today. So what the goal of the session is, okay? So that might be to do with a problem or an issue or something you want to get faster, whatever. We re I'll ask you quite a few questions around that goal because I really want to nut it out and make sure, because otherwise we've got, what well, you know, we won't know whether we've been successful yeah. or not, okay? So once we've got that established, then we'll get you changed in, in the great change rooms here. This is like Man City's private hospital, basically, <laughs> with a performance centre and a wind tunnel and God knows what else, but it's a great, lovely, very clean clinical setting, so it's lovely to be here. But we'll get you changed and then we'll have a look at you look at you off the bike the things that are relevant to that goal and cycling so I've got a specific sort of set of things I look at that I know normally make a difference and we tailor them to what the goal is then we get you on the bike and, and we get you cycling just in here on a turbo it's nothing uh, onerous or anything and we use a thing called retool I've been using it a very long time but we don't fit to numbers all it is is a measuring tape basically the numbers are important because they kind of tell us which directions we can go in in the best way to achieve the goal normally, all right? We also have saddle pressure. We can measure your sit bones. We bring all that sort of stuff. So we, depending on what the goal is, we bring all that to play. We gather that. We also measure the bike digitally. And once we have all that information, that objective information and the subjective stuff from yourself, we then, I then bring it together. And I have kind of a phrase where I say, I don't actually change anyone's position. You do. <laughs> because I don't want you to change it. I, I do any of the things I suggest unless you fully understand and fully agree with why we're going to do them. So this isn't going to be a passive process, if that makes sense. I find that's much more successful because people understand, okay, so this is why we're going to be doing, why we're going to be doing it. Of course, there's no way of it today. Some things can happen today. Some things have to happen afterwards. But what we do is we, we believe in a process of sort of like an immolation and evolution. So I'll never change everything about your position in one go because how would we know what was working if we changed mm. literally everything, all right? But some things can happen together and some people, things are better to happen in sequence. The thing you can relax about is I'll, I will be emailing you personally after this consultation with nice fancy things like your saddle pressure map and your retail report, but more importantly, a summary of what we found, what we did and what we plan to do. Because until you go and ride your bike, <laughs> we have no idea Sorry about that. Okay. We have no idea how you, whether you've been successful or not. So you'll you'll email me back or call me or whatever and say, right, Phil, this is yeah, it's what I've been working or, or this is what's happening. Does that make sense? Understood. Yeah. I mean, so that it's nice. Really good. It's, 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 it's a process. All right. Um, so the first thing first, and what I'm going to do Phil. first of all is uh, take some notes about you personally. So it's Simon 
Simon Willis. Willis. Right, well, we'll skip the personal stuff. But there's one thing you should know, and that is I get occasional knee pain, nothing too serious, but which I want to get sorted before a big event. I've set myself a little goal. I would, would like to ride the Torino Nice Rally All right. this year. So it's, when, when's that? It starts on the 5th of September, and it's 700k. So through the Alps, yeah, um, and it's a mix of road and off-road. Okay, cool. 700k. How many days? Uh, well, that's up to you because it's oh, not right. a race. Got you. Got you. So I've planned a route that's going to. I planned a, a, a program because I'm a, quite a planner that would take. <laughs> that uh, surprise me. <laughs> that would take ten days. Okay, that's sensible. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, so nothing script. And unlike Katie trying to do a thousand kilometres in three indeed. days. Indeed, <laughs> indeed. Well, no, they're both both uh, big, great goals. No, no, absolutely. Th that's but, very doable. But you've also but got I'm 63, and you've also got a lot, a lot more longer hills in there. And well, yeah, uh, yeah and quite a lot of it's off road. So there's going to be some pushing as well because it's the old military roads. It's oh, not just. It's a mix of those roads and the and the classic course. Nice. And you've got time. So should we have? If we want to make some changes, what I hate to do is if you came in and said, I'm doing this in three weeks, I yeah. probably couldn't get the changes in safely in place and know what was going on. But that's a long time. And, and the main thing is, you, I'd imagine you'd like to feel better and train harder so you can go and enjoy that event doing the time you want to. Yeah, the, I'm a bit frightened about doing those longer days. I, did, I didn't do that 100 uh, miles through the night on the solstice that was on Saturday night because I was like... I'm not sure I should yeah. be doing that yeah. at this stage because well, I've had a few no weeks problem. off. I had a bad cough and yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, and, that, and, that, and that's, what, that's what we want to give you today is the mm. confidence. I often say what we'll, what we'll be finding out today is we'll, um, we'll also be ticking boxes and, and saying, okay, that's really good. I don't want you to worry about that. So you're spending time, money, and effort in areas that will work. We see lots and lots of people get to your age. You can't run anymore because the, the wear and tear, the, the clue is running. You only have to run, to, run, to get the same buzz you get off running 5K in cycling, you probably have to do at least four times as much because, and the clues in this, running is very destructive in that it's lots of eccentric forces, but that's why you get the endorphin rush afterwards. Runners are a nightmare to rehab because they won't, they miss it. They're addicted to it, yeah? <clears throat> but there's the clue. But plenty of people cycling to their 70s, 80s with no problem at all if they got the position right. Not many people can do marathons when they're in the 70s, 80s, just because normally the body's taking that wear and tear. Some people can, obviously. But if you could run on that knee, I normally, I'll, I'll, I'll take a leap of faith. I, I, I can't see how I can't get your cycling right. Because it, it, what it is, is cycling must be putting a repetitive issue into your knee, which if we mm. change the yeah. environment you're working with, if you can work with running, then I can get you working <laughs> with cycling. So good news, hopefully. I heard of Philbert years ago, but didn't realise he worked privately on Osmia Mortals until I saw him in one of Katie Cookabra's videos. That's the Katie he mentioned earlier. So why did he leave British Cycling? Why did I, why did I leave British I, I just... So if you just come over to Top Dead Centre... Oh, yeah, sorry. So I, Top Dead Centre. I left in 2018 and I'd done 12 years, three Olympics, and I was just ready for a new challenge, if I'm really honest. Um, mm. um, I didn't want to become, and was becoming, the old man who sat at the back of the room, I'm sure you can relate to this, and mm -hmm. say, why don't we do it the way we did it? Because <laughs> that worked. Because that worked. And it was just, um, and, and partly because I, I was really, I was lucky enough to become a sort of um, a side bit of the secret squirrel club, you know, working mm -hmm. with Chris Borman. And a lot of the great people we had at British Cycling, they'd all moved on, like Steve Peters, Chris Borman, you know, Dave Brelson. Mm -hmm. It was a brilliant, brilliant time. I'm so privileged. But... I basically was ready to 
I really wanted to get into making things. So half of what I do is this, and I really enjoy that. And it's really important because it keeps my hand in the dirty stuff, you know? But what we also do is that we have a long-term relationship with Endurus, great Scottish company, and we're making different cycling products. Got some amazing shorts coming out next year for men. They're already done, but I now live in the world of fashion, so spring, summer 2023 is what yeah, we're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, it, you know, so I can only see so many people a week for a bike fit, so I can only help so many people. When I wrote my book back in 2012, what I discovered was that book sits there at you know, 10, 15 pound on Amazon. And a lot of people, I get loads of nice emails saying, thanks very much, I've read your book. I can just that. So some people, A, financially or geographically, can't go for a bike fit, you know? But if they can read a book and sort their issue out, it's fantastic. And what I realized was that it's, uh, service is hard to replicate, but product is much more. So if I can make a short, that helps women mm -hmm. cycle, that's one of the first things Yes. Then that can help hundreds of thousands of people. Because yes. I, can, I can never see hundreds of thousands of people. You want to just take your watch or something. Okay, yeah, and, and, and is it, is the advice so, can you, thank you, yes. so generic, as it were, that you can do that? Um, yeah, um, in terms of, oh, you mean replicating bike fit? Yeah, um, I mean, you're not going to fit them, but... but well, no, that's an interesting thing. I mean, one area we're looking at right now, so you, you're absolutely right. So at the book level, the book doesn't know you. Quite, <laughs> and, quite. And it doesn't know all your things. So, but some things are fairly so you, simple. Some people have made some really basic, well, they just don't know what they don't know. So once they go, oh, that's apparently important. If they change it, they might mm -hmm. be absolutely fine. So um, you hoover up, the book hoover ups all the really simple stuff. And for some people, that's enough. You know, right. that, that is literally all they need. Um, and the new edition? Um, the new, and yeah, and the new edition's got better at that because it's, it's now, the, interestingly, 10 years on, what's majorly different was um, women cycling is much, much more covered in the book because it's much more popular and of more course. women are cycling i know more about it the second thing is indoor cycling wasn't really a thing 10 years ago of course and it, and it, and it is a very yeah, very different um demand upon the body you know so you see mm. and we do lots of it and then um like as i said the saddle section has gone um much bigger because i personally and i'm happy to <laughs> i'm much more comfortable giving recommendations to some people I don't, I've never met. That's the horrible thing, it's a physio, you always want, you don't want to tell someone wrong, mm -hmm. but what I've become more comfortable with stepping outside the elite high model world where you're really challenged and stuff like that is that um, people are always looking for, I don't mind if you don't want, I can't, I haven't seen you, I'm not gonna hold you accountable, but can you tell me what might work and common things happen commonly, and if I can tell them those things, then it really helps yeah. out. So that what you've got is wrong. a gap, you've got the expensive in-person bike fit that you're having yeah. today, and then you've got the bike fit book there. What's interesting is, I, and I'm keen to expand on this, is enduring the first lockdown, mm -hmm. of course, lots of people did lots more cycling, mm -hmm. but we weren't able to see all those people who were developing the problems that are associated with lots more cycling. Yes. So I never would have said this was possible, but we opened up a remote service, which was a deposit and discount on the full face-to-face. -face. So in other words, if you wanted to, you could come in and redeem it, and it basically it was the same cost. But we, it meant that we could get to people and help them out keep them cycling during what was a hard time for everyone mm. in the world. I, I, I was amazed how successful it was, Simon, in terms of just looking How do you do that? You take free video, you get them to send free videos, so you're on the turbo, yep. front, side, back, you tell me what your goal is of the session, yes. and uh, I ask for certain key measurements of the bike, for example, crangling, saddle height, saddle type, and then we booked up a, we booked up a half an hour phone call, but I'll ask them what I call can opening questions at the beginning, you know, get there, and the reason why I never thought it'd be, it's not as good as this. Obviously, mm. in person with numbers is the gold standard, you know? But some people just can't make it to that. <laughs> okay. yeah, and no, people loved it, because it like they did, because quite often or not, I didn't, I, I didn't back myself. I, oh, I can spot what's got you. This is 
this is not going to work for you. You need to change this, this, and this. And it might not get them 100% solved, mm -hmm. but it gets them a lot better place. So mm -hmm. I think the, the area of scalability for MikeFit is now apparently everything we're going to do today, you could do on your iPhone. <laughs> if yeah. I can get that. The there are is, some apps that claim to be able to do exactly. it as well. But I, think, um, I think the big thing is, what we're going to do today, we said we're not fitting to numbers. Mm -hmm. That's all fine, but what we're going to do today, is, it, it's all... And cycling is a sport that particularly suffers from this, if you ask me. It's, it's almost like you know, paralysis from analysis. Because unlike running, there's so many things we can measure in cycling, isn't there? There's so many things you can change. Really? Well, and, I don't know. No, no, there's, there's so many things we can change. It's very, change one thing, you change other things. It's well, so multifactorial. And that's mm -hmm. what we're talking about today. Bike fit falls down into three pillars of fit. So there's power, there's uh, aerodynamics and there's comfort and sustainability, right? So there's no point being in a really powerful aerodynamic position if you can't stay in it for more than three seconds. Um, for example, that's one of the things. The pillars have to marry up and they change depending on what the goal is. Now your goal is, we all, I nearly always start with power and sustainability because aerodynamics doesn't really matter until you can actually pedal hard. There's no point and being aerodynamic and, and not being able to go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah? So nearly always it starts with, a, for me, it's saddle height, saddle setback, saddle tail. How is that relating to the person? And then we work out how it delivers to the front. So that's what you mean by the back end, it's yes. the saddle. So that, that is, the back end is your saddle position, yeah. Mm. How you, how, because that determines how your legs are going to interact with, mm. with the bike. And there are better ways and worse ways of doing that, if that makes sense. Great. Nearly always, if you want to put my neck on a block, and I've said it beforehand, some people disagree with this, but what I see is more people tend to sit a little bit lower and further back than is ideal to produce power. Now, if you think about it, the quad is a very strong muscle, mm -hmm. and we use it a lot in cycling, but the glutes are the most strong muscle in the body. You can't really use your glutes if you're sitting too far back and too low because they can't come in to extend the hip over the pedals. So getting high and above the saddle, uh, high, high safely, as high as you can, as far forward as you can, without causing any problems to the knee or other things, and back and neck and things, and if it's too low at the front, you're getting high and above the bottom bracket. It makes sense. Now, if I make this analogy to you, if you're, if you're sitting all right all the way back on your bike, and you're, and you're pedaling from a very far back position. It's a bit like me putting my hand on the floor so now. Something about recumbent yeah. position. If I put yeah. my hand on the floor here and I put it down in front of you, quite far forward, you can stamp on my hand and you might hurt it, yeah? You're not going to break the bones, are you? Yeah? If I put my hand directly underneath your heel right now and you stamp oh, down yeah, on it and you're yeah, very yeah, 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 yeah. that's pedaling. Yeah. So that's why we start with the back end. Let's, 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 mm -hmm. opt to, let's make being strong on the pedal. And you know what? When, when you're more strong, tends to, when people engage and all the muscles are working because they can work, you tend to see all the um, sort of, um, the, what, a thing, a term I call the, the preferred pat move, move, movement pathway comes into play, you know, where you tie engage it, you, it works better for you, so there isn't all those little bits that chuck out of the way because it's too relaxed or you're losing contact with the pedal, you know, so it feels like it's all going away every fairy at the bottom of the pedal stroke, so yeah, I think it is. Build up cycling Sorry, now. Right, yeah. I, just to let you know, um, I used to do. Oh, got to connect this actually. Um, I used to do this to yeah after a 20 minute warm up and or set to 250 watts. I just realised a long time ago it doesn't really make any difference because this isn't you cycling. This is you on a turbo in my lab. What we do is we'll, we'll extrapolate out from this. You know. I'm glad you don't want me to do 250 watts for 20 minutes because I wouldn't make it. Oh, God, my 20 you minutes is something like 100 and. I think it's about 180 was my FTP for 20 minutes. <laughs> What's your FTP? 180. Ah, yeah, but you're light. You can you can get away with that. I need a massive FTP to 
move this great big body of mine around. <laughs> right. So you've had retail before, yeah. and it's interesting you mentioned, but when I first opened up and we had loads of journalists come in, one of them, I always remember one of the comments from one of the Cycling Weekly ones was, so you, you're not bothered about the numbers all being green? I went, absolutely not. Uh, this machine doesn't know you. And she said, that's mm -hmm. interesting. And uh, they've been for fits where they've had to be critical because basically all they concentrated on was the numbers going green. And she was saying, this is getting worse. This feels much yes. more uncomfortable. Uh, and that, I, I suppose that's some ways where, where bike fit, it, 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 the advantage of being a physiotherapist, I understand the human body. For example, if you have long legs, short torso, or the opposite way around, long torso, long legs. And the other way. All this goes out, yes. I think you're... you're I, I have a longer body and yes. sh shorter legs, so, relatively. But having said that, look at all the green in there, right? Um, uh, that's good stuff. By this point, I have motion capture dots on my body. We're looking at a TV screen with a stick figure pedaling, and the retool software is measuring the key angles my ankle, knee, hip, shoulders, etc., are working at. There's a range through which these are optimal, and those figures appear on the screen in green. So what we're doing now is, is zimming the bike, which is it just basically retool creates a 3D cloud, yeah, which gives us the opportunity. The same LEDs that are on. Um, you at the moment to measure your joint angles. There's four of them there and it measures that point, which means it gives me a digital printout of your, all your dimensions of your bike. Now you may ask, well, why is that important? But three things are really important to me, which is your saddle height, your saddle tilt and your saddle setback, crucially. But then also when we're comparing between bikes and you mentioned one bike might feel different to another one. If we zim both of them, we can really understand the differences and it's about two millimeters accurate. So that's really worthwhile doing. So, so you're using the word zin, Z-I-N, and, yes. and what that is involving is you going along with what looks like a, a very fancy pointer with a yeah. probe on the end. Yeah. But that is relating to this uh, retool uh, device behind it's us. A yes, a tower with uh, two very good motion detectors in it, and it, it's picking up those LED, not motion detectors, right. sorry, LED detectors. So, so, so the same way they pick up the dots that are on me. Exactly. Yeah. It's picking up the static positions on the bike. Exactly. And of all the systems, I mean, which I've been using 12 years now, it's not really changed. It's just very reliable, very dependable. So I'm measured, the bike is measured, and that results in a blizzard of numbers, which Phil can interpret and explain why I always get a hot spot on one particular part of my backside. So you're sitting right at the back of the saddle. Given that what the type of bike it is in the gravel, that's yeah. not a problem, but I think it's a little bit too far back, if that makes sense. And okay. I, I think I, I'm going to bring this together. So, and then you look at side to side, you can really see that you never come over to the right. Okay. No. And I know why. Okay. And then if you want a really funky, fancy one, you can have a 3D one like this. And there's your saddle pressure map. And this, that probably yeah. really resonates about you where you get, do you suffer lots of saddle sore or just now and again? After a certain point, <clears throat> yes, it gets sore and it's probably pseudochrome most evenings. Yeah. This is sort of over 50 mile ride. Yes. Okay. That's all. I think you do have a leg lift difference, right? Yes. Functional that we saw on the bed with your right being shorter than your left, all right? That's borne out with the data in some ways, but you hide it really well. You're almost like a professional cyclist, right? So your knee extension number, which is the one about how you produce power, you preserve the right and left knee doing the same things, but they have to achieve it in different ways, okay? okay. Does that make sense? So this, this, this left knee so produces... Do you notice a difference in power, by the way? Is the right more powerful? No. No. 
It's is not. It, I, not? I, on, on the Garmin, it's a pretty even pretty, split. Pretty even, right, OK. I, I feel my right leg's more yeah. powerful, to be, well, to be honest. It's in the more powerful position. If you look at the travel tilt and everything, the left one being, remember this, yeah. functionally longer, all right? Mm -hmm. has to, the reason why it has to go out That'll more and tilt more is it has to give for this. The right's almost set up ideally. It's the right saddle height, it's the right everything. So it, and you sit off to the left, and I see yes. this pattern very often, to help the functionally shorter right leg reach the pedal. Does that make sense? That's why you sit asymmetrically. You sit oh, off to... Oh, right, and, okay. And, and, and people you'd do You'd think it would be the other way. You'd think I'd sit off to the right yeah, to make it Yeah, I used to down. think that, but I see more people sit off to... What you do is you sit off to the because you want to get the right leg closer. And that's what you mentioned, it gets closer yeah, to the top Yeah, it does. And that's the thing that makes it... it, it but the body... To give finds, it that... Yeah, it gets closer to the power you can get. And basically, if you ever ask, you never see people walking around like this, do you? No. And yet, if we're all asymmetrical, what the brain does, the brain says the eyes have to be level. The brain will not cope with not being level. It says, no, the eyes level. And it says the rest of the body, you deal with that. <laughs> so what we do is we end up with slightly higher pelvis on one side or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So this is a really common pattern. And it, and then you get left-sided saddle sore, which you can see on the saddle pressure map. So I actually did saddle pressure, not because you got saddle sores or anything. You didn't even tell me that. I did it because I wanted understand how you sit and when you join that up with all the retail data I think there's strong evidence that you have a slightly functional leg length difference right what that does sitting off that side is a bit, a bit the reason why you feel that right knee is it's under a bit more pressure than the left one because it's it's constantly working a little bit harder mm -hmm. to get to the pedal right and you're on mountain bike pedals right so you've got all the float you ever need in the world right so it's nothing to do with the actual pedal setup although sometimes too much float can be it's not necessarily the answer you know the answer mm. in this case i think it's all right i think the do you know what i tell you two things i think are the elephants in the room in on this right is one seven two and a half cranks mm -hmm. just make this a whole lot harder for you to right. do right and if we take the analogy, and it's the first thing I saw when I walked in, those cranks look so long in your bike. They will always come with this large size bike. You will get 172.5 cranks. So 172.5, and, and you I've had 165 on a time trial bike. And you're, you're quite short in the leg, long in the torso, yeah. aren't you, right? So basically, you're a large size I, I, frame for your torso and your overall height, but actually, 172.5 yeah. cramp you up. Now, do you remember I mentioned... I knew you were going to say this. I know, I know. Well, my, well, my, 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 my legs are describing too big a circle, aren't they? Exactly. And yeah. that's why the knee for the foot fit. is so negative, because what the major thing the crank does, you know where your left leg is there mm -hmm. now, you have to catch the... Ca you know, when you're cocking it back like this, that forces you. And you remember we looked at the saddle pressure program, you're sitting quite far back. Yeah. You're sitting quite far back on the saddle, because A, it, it, you've set the saddle set back quite well, actually, at Mars 50, yeah. But you're having to sit back because the crank length forces you to sit back. And it's forcing you, therefore, to no. sort of pedal from a very recumbent position, right? And that in itself can lead to that ir irritation that you get in the VMO, because it's almost like you're on a leg press and you're pushing away like this. Not on top of the pedal. Exactly. So I honestly think if you, and I, I often use this analogy, you would have heard it on other stuff I said, but if you, um, given the fact that crank length makes no difference to power in submax cycling, so, and there's Bradley's yellow jersey, and mm -hmm. he rode 165 in Rio for different reasons, but actually the same principles of what we're going to change yours, because he was riding an incredibly aggressive aero position, and we made that work by dropping the crank length right down, yeah? And he used to ride 177 and a half, <laughs> right? Because uh, everyone used to think, long, big guy, long big leader. leader. And yeah. it, it is in sprint cycling, but that's the first two revo three revolutions of a team sprint. It's not all me and you do, right? And it's certainly not what you, you're doing in mm. this long event. So I think we should go really big on this, right? And because of it, and I reckon we go down to 165. Um, I think the insoles you've got, I mean, even though they're off the shelf, they're really helping you out. You don't, you don't strike me as, 
you, you don't walk like a complete dog. You don't have the terrible foot posture. So I think we can, those things are all good and they're helping out, but it's the crank length that's the major thing. The second thing is I will give you one, one stretch that I want you to do because one thing we picked up in the physical examination is that you're, you're quite tight for your hip flexor and one, mm. one quad muscle called rectus femoris. And they are big drivers of cycling knee pain. So if we can get them more relaxed, but the reason why they're tight and the reason why you, cause you do yoga, you have an excellent physio program that someone's giving you there. Why, why are they tight? Because the crank length is making them tight. Let me see if I can summarize this. My right leg is shorter than the left, so I use my left buttock like a fulcrum and dip my right hip each pedal stroke. That results in tight hip muscles and some knee issues. Shorter cranks should decrease the degree of movement and might help. The next step would be to build the right insole of the shoe slightly higher to equalize my legs, but that's some way down the line. In summary, what we found today from a man who sees some very good people about bike fits is, and this is a hard thing for you to get out of here, but um, you're getting older and your knee is letting you know that it can't cope with uh, your, you have a quite a large, I would say, functional leg length difference off the, off the bike, which we see that you then take onto the bike. Some people don't, right? You cope with it magnificently in that you preserve your knee angle, but it takes effect in, in how you sit on the bike. And you sit off to the left to help the right knee reach the pedal stroke. Everyone always looks after the shorter leg, right? I think that knee is doing a little bit more than it needs to. And the big volume on asymmetry, volume factor is crank length. So 172 and a half, you used to get away with. You've got shorter legs, longer torso. So actual fact, shorter cranks work for you because it may basically ideal, makes that more ideal. And I would say, don't go nuts. So if you, if you go out for 50 miles and you're brilliant, don't do, do 150 straight off the bat because the knee's gonna need to catch up and absorb in this. So I would say, keep into like, you know, two, three hour ride to the beginning, get used to it. But if you're feeling great, that's great. because we're comparing apples of apples to this. We've changed nothing else about your bike fit, which largely I've got to say is really good, all right? I just think the elephant in the room for me is the crank length, okay? And we go to that first of all, to try and make your more, more symmetrical. It'll work from first principles anyway, because basically we're decreasing the kinematic distance your knee has to move and how much it gets loaded and where it gets loaded. That's got to help your knee. <laughs> so in, in, in nothing else, it'll probably start sharing the load around. The one thing we picked up, which I was surprised at actually, because you're remarkably flexible in other areas, brilliant hamstring length, lumbar flexibility, good control in standing. Your foot posture isn't, isn't uh, foot control posture isn't the worst in the world. Although intel always help out in cycling, if you ask me, Winnipeg. Was when we looked at you, it was the tight rectus femoris and hip flexor, which makes sense because hold on a minute, you're pretty flexible. Why would you? Because that crank length when you get on that bike tightens those muscles up to cope with it, right? So what we're going to do is address that with you, put some stretching in there. The thing is though, you can stretch forever doing that unless we change the crank length because it will come back every single time you get on the bike. Make sense? Makes sense. Here we Thank go. you. Go for it. I'm aware this last bit has been quite personal to me, but I do know a lot of riders get knee niggles and I felt this could be helpful. It would be great if you could support the work I'm doing here by buying me a virtual coffee, a small payment or donation. There's a link in the show notes and at alwaysanotheradventure.com right at the bottom of the website. If you'd like to see how I get on with shorter cranks, I shall document my progress in a series of videos on the Always Another Adventure YouTube channel. My thanks to Phil Burt for the fit and for the podcast. I'm Simon Willis. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Okay,